You're watching Face to Face, and I'm delighted, really delighted, to be joined by Peter Hockley. Welcome, Peter, to Face to Face. Now, our title uh, for today is Four Nights uh, with the Devil. Now, we could call it Face to Face <laughs> with the Devil, but with that title's already taken. So, um, Peter, I, I think, you know, we'll try to make the most of this uh, important, you know, 20-odd minutes. And uh, tell me how you came to know the Lord Jesus. Well, uh, thanks, Tim. Uh, let me just start by saying that uh, for me, growing up as the only child of a single mother uh, with a very large extended family, uh, there was no one in my family who went to church, nobody who read the Bible, nobody who believed in God, so far as I was aware. So my upbringing was very atheistic, very secular and humanistic. And, and that was the case until I was in my teens when I gradually became aware that it felt like something was missing on the inside of me. Something that ought to be there was not there. And having no idea what it was that was missing, I didn't know where to begin searching for that, that missing thing. But I was, I was aware of this aching, hollow emptiness on the inside of me. This feeling that there had to be more to life, that there had to be a, a meaning to my existence beyond the things that I could see and, and touch around me. And uh, I tried to bury that as best as I could with all the things that young people get up to, drinking and partying and lots of alcohol and, and getting up to all kinds of stuff. But that feeling never really went away. And so it was uh, about the age of 20, just a few weeks after I, I turned 20. Just interjecting, that is exactly what so many young people today must be experiencing because sure. we live in such a secular world where yes. it's even banished from schools mm. any any discussion about God or, or the or the biblical narrative. So that's a really powerful introduction, Peter. But yes. let's let's you know go carry on, please. So so I I mean I had a very sort of basic understanding about about God from religious education uh, at school. But uh, as I sat there in, in my garden, shortly after turning 20, one summer's evening, I prayed for the first time in my life, and it was a sincere prayer. God, I don't know if you're out there. Maybe I'm just talking to myself, but if you are out there, and if you care about me even just a bit, please help me make sense of my life. Please help me fill this emptiness that I'm, I'm feeling on the inside of me. Uh, please help me make sense of everything that's going on. And I meant that prayer sincerely. Now, I wasn't thinking about, about Jesus or about uh, any particular religion. I was just calling out to God, whoever that may have been. But that began a, an 18-month process of reading and, and studying and researching both online and buying books uh, on all kinds of spirituality, all kinds of religion and religious philosophy in search of that that truth that I felt like was mm -hmm. was eluding me. And this was in Oxford? Yes, so you, yes, you, this was in Oxford. born and bred in Oxford? Certainly, yes, yeah. So was this the bookshop Blackwells or where? Uh, no, where the, the, bookshop the, were, the bookshop was Borders, that, okay. uh, that wonderful bookstore mm. chain that is now long gone. Borders yeah. opened very late and so I used to spend lots of time there mm. in the religion section. Uh, reading these books and, and buying lots of them. And I, I read a wide variety of, of materials, uh, Cor the Quran and, and New Age uh, philosophy, uh, but nothing really seemed to scratch that, that itch that I felt. Mm -hmm. But it was about that same time I met some Christian people in my workplace, uh, a young Christian woman originally from Kenya, 
uh, came to, to join the, the team there at work and I got to know her pretty well. And then two of her three sisters came along as well. And these were the first real Christian people, not just churchgoers as a matter of culture, but people who were sincere about their Christian faith, who and really, the Bible. Who, who really loved the Bible, the Bible yeah. who believed it, who took it seriously. And I had many wonderful conversations with them about spiritual things, about the meaning of life. And they did invite me to church, but there was something in me that was hesitant and resistant uh, towards Christianity. It certainly didn't appeal to me like these other uh, religions and, and philosophies that I was studying. It didn't seem so exotic as these, these other things. Yeah. That's very interesting. So it, what you were kind of in a, a kind of fog. Yes. So as far as the scriptures were concerned, and, and so you were searching, but obviously you were open to any any influence that yeah, you would get yeah. from your reading. I mean, there's, there's one thing that, that was very interesting, and I was aware of it even then. You know, there is, there is so much um, that is said nowadays that, you know, all religions and all spirituality are just different paths that lead to the same yeah. destination. Mm -hmm. I was very much aware that that wasn't the case. I knew that there had to be something that was true among all the different religions and philosophies that were out there. I knew that these things... Because they contradict. Yeah, I they, mean, they, some don't. Some are as woolly as the next religion, mm, but mm. they're then they slightly contradict yeah, what the they Bible don't, is teaching. They don't fit together no. like pieces of a, of a puzzle. They, they may agree in certain areas, but they, they wildly disagree and contrast and conflict in other areas. And so I knew that there had to be uh, one thing that was true, but the question was, how do I find that thing which is true? That's really interesting, if I could just interject, because the you know, Abraham was in a similar environment, but some revelation came to him that there was only one God, and that was the beginning of monotheism. Yes. Where, but that's, that is radically different from, you know, pantheism. Yes, that. yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I, my, my Christian friends gave me Christian literature, but a, as you mentioned, there was really a fog, and that's an accurate description. There was just a film over my mind where I, I would read these words, read these Christian books, uh, but nothing seemed to really land and, and, and go in. And so... Yeah. Searching still for the truth on uh, Friday, the sixth. So this is specific time. Yeah. You know, in your twenties or tw while you were twenty. Twenty turning into twenty. And we call, we've entitled this program Four Nights. Yes. So um, I assume we're going to we're going to drill down to. Yes. This yeah. There were four specific nights that completely changed my life. So the first of those was Friday, the sixth of December. 2002. Back there in the Borders bookstore in the religion section, I came across a book uh, with a bright blue, attractive front cover, and I picked it up and thumbed through some of the pages, and the book was written by an American man who claimed that he could write a message to God, and that by channeling some invisible entity that took control of him, uh, the answers and responses to his questions came back to him, and the book that I was holding in my hands was a, a copy of this written dialogue between the author and what he claimed was God. And something about that book was magnetic and very attractive, so I bought it immediately, uh, took it home, as I said it was about 7.30 that evening, and I read it right through late into the night. And the, the kinds of things that this man was claiming he was hearing from God, that, uh, uh, that 
God is everything and everything is God, that human beings are divine and elements of the divine whole, that the meaning of life is to just do and experience everything that it's possible to experience and do, that there is no such thing as sin, no such thing as judgment at the end of our lives because we're not accountable to God but free to do whatever we please, that there is, and the book said this over and over again, there is no such thing as hell, no such thing wow. As so quite specific, devil. you know, very, very general very in certain areas, but yeah. when it came to uh, the, the Christian message, it, it discards oh, it. Completely contradicted it. Mm. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I read that book, and the more I read it, I thought, this is what I've been looking for. After all these months of searching, looking in all these different avenues and areas, this is the thing that I'm looking for. Mm. But I asked myself the question, how can I know for sure, having been disappointed and taken so many different avenues that seem to end in a brick wall, how can I know for sure that this is the truth I'm looking for? Then I had a brainwave. I thought, well, I'll write my own message to God and I'll do what the author did. So I took a, a, a biro pen and a notepad and I scribbled a very brief message. Uh, Dear God, you know I've been searching for you. Uh, I really want to know what the truth is. Please, will you speak to me like you spoke to the man in the book? And you know what happened? Absolutely nothing. I sat there uh, on my bed. It was now past two o'clock in the morning and nothing happened. I, I wondered if a ray of light was going to come through the window like I'd seen in a Hollywood or, movie, or maybe. a ray of darkness. Uh, or, well, yeah. I, I, well, I was anticipating light. You see, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't thinking about darkness yeah. at all at that point. I was just anticipating God. But nothing happened, and I, I wrote a, a few more lines to, the, to my note, and nothing happened. And then, have you ever had that experience where it feels like everyone else gets the break? That guy did it, and it worked for him. That guy did it, and he had success. But poor old me, it won't work for me. That's how I felt. And you have to understand that this, this whole process wasn't just some sort of um, you know, hobby you know, that I had picked up. This was a serious spiritual search to satisfy this emptiness on the inside of yeah. me. And I became incredibly frustrated and uh, angry even. Yeah. And I took the pen and I wrote a very angry tirade against God. Why are you so hard to find? Why won't you speak to me? Why have you made everything so difficult? And on and on and on it, with this very angry tirade. And I finished it with the uh, the, the sentence, you are an uncaring God. And I threw the pen down and I sat there fuming, thinking I've wasted more money on another book of false promises. And as I sat there, that was when it happened. Suddenly, uh, I felt myself completely drawn to the notepad. And uh, it was as if the rest of the world just fled away, like someone turned a dimmer switch, but not for the room lights, but for all of the reality around me just myself and the paper. I was transfixed on it. I was aware that my breathing became uh, very uh, uh, deep and drawn and uh, this sense of peace uh, or stillness and calmness suddenly descended upon me. Now I had never been in a trance before. I had never read anything about entering trance states but I found myself sinking into this trance state. I describe it like an out-of-body experience while still in the body. It was as if the only thing that existed was myself and the note paper. And this, this tingling sensation washed over me. And uh, as if I were uh, right next to the paper but also a million miles away observing someone else do it, I watched as my hand reached out and picked up the pen touched down on the paper and it began to swirl around and around in this chain of letters untidy spiraling letters began to appear 
uh, in an unbroken sentence, no space between the words. And underneath where I had written, you are an uncaring God, the sentence appeared, it is of no consequence what you call me. And my fingers released the pen and like someone being snapped out of hypnosis, suddenly I came to myself and I saw what was there and I was frozen with panic because I suddenly realized this is real, something real has happened. And very nervously, I, I took up the pen again and I wrote another message. Do you mean, God, that you don't care when I call you uncaring? That doesn't bother you. And once again, sinking into that trance-like experience, uh, another message came out which said, yes, that is correct. I do care immensely for you are my child and I love you. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know where we were going uh, with it, but, you know, I... I, I was thinking, oh, we've got 25 minutes and, you know, we got to get to uh, four, four nights in. But, you know, what, at that point, so looking back, you know, from the perspective of being a Christian mm. now, you know, how, how do you interpret what, what that was? Well, I mean, the, the entire thing was, was what we know as automatic writing, which mm. falls under the umbrella of the occult. Mm. And God in the Bible uh, specifically and severely condemns the occult. When we talk about the occult, we're talking about any kind of practice uh, to engage with the spiritual realm, to make contact with the supernatural, using any method or means other than what God has prescribed in the Bible. And the reason why God is so severe in his condemnation of, of the occult is because, much like dialing uh, uh, the wrong telephone number, using any method or means that God has not prescribed to try and enter and experience the supernatural, you're going to not contact God, but contact something else entirely, which is evil, which is dark. Mm -hmm. But the Bible makes it clear that Satan masquerades yeah. as an angel That's of it. light. So while I was going through this experience, I can tell you, I absolutely positively believed that I was communicating with God, Sorry. and it never, ever entered my no. thinking whatsoever that this might be something other than God. But what began that night was hours and hours of this written, automatic writing, back and forth dialogue between me and something that I was channeling on the inside of me. Yeah. And uh, this went on for, for that night and the following night and the third night. And on the fourth day, I decided I can't keep this to myself anymore. I need to tell someone about this. And I thought the only person I could possibly confide in is my Christian colleague at work. So I, I pulled the... So after the four? After uh, so the four so this was after three nights, yeah. and now it's day number so four. So was it the same, uh, you know, basically, at each of those um, three nights mm. was basically the same practice of, of actually almost being taken over? Yes, yes. Entering yeah. these trance states, receiving these, these messages that were responding to, to whatever I wrote. Many, much of the same phraseology that was in the... But in the book, so I believed I was communicating with the same, in the same personality, spiritual personality as, as the author. And uh, these trances became deeper and deeper so that some of the messages I, was, I, was found, I found that I was writing were not just in the, in the notebook, but even on my bedroom wall. Uh, I would enter these trances and some of these uh, messages appeared on my, on my bedroom wall. Wow. Uh, but it was on the fourth day I said, I've got to tell someone about yeah. this. So I, 
I pulled my, my Christian colleague to one side at work and I said to her, listen, I've got to tell you something, I have been speaking to God. And her eyes were sort of really mm -hmm. wide and she thought, my goodness, what's going on with him? And I told her everything that I've just shared with you and the experience I was having. And, and as I described it to her, the emotion got the better of me. And I actually began to weep in front of her. And I felt so embarrassed as a man crying in front of a woman, I ran off. And she followed me up, to, up there to the staff room. And she said to me, listen, because you, you just cried about this, I know that you're not pulling my leg, you're not just mm -hmm. making a prank. I know this is really happening to you. But she said, listen, I've got to tell you, I've been a Christian since I was a little girl. This is not the way that God speaks to people and communicates to people in this, in this written way. And these are most certainly not the kinds of things that the God of the Bible would teach, that human beings are God and there is no sin and no judgment. She said, I don't think you're speaking to God. And I challenged her, quite offended that she didn't believe me. And I said, well, if it's not God, who do you think it is? And I'll never forget the look on her face when she said very quietly, it's the devil. Wow. And, and I was uh, mocking her and saying, well, there's no such thing as the devil. This, this friend of mine, this invisible friend of mine told me he's God. And she said, well, the devil is a liar. And as we talked more there in the staff room, she said the thing that saved my life because she said there's one way that we can know for sure who this is. There's one way to prove it. She said the Bible teaches that the name of Jesus Christ is the highest name that there is. She said the next time you communicate with this thing and do your writing, ask it in the name of Jesus Christ to tell you who it is. And wow. she said, it will have to tell you the truth. If it's God, it will tell you. If it's an angel, it will tell you. If it's something else, it will have to tell you. And the moment she said that, ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, I heard, just the same as you're hearing me, I heard a voice which spoke to me out of the, out of the air, out of nothingness, which said, you don't need to do that. You know who I am. We've been speaking now. This is the fourth day we've been speaking now. You don't need to do that. Mm. But the more she encouraged me to do that, the more it hooked me in my pride. And I thought, well, if I do what she's saying, I know I'm speaking to God. Uh, when I ask this thing in the name of Jesus to tell me who it is, it will tell me it's God and I'll prove to her that, that I'm right and she's wrong. And so after this conversation, she went, uh, she went away and actually went off into the town, found the bookshop and the book that I had bought yeah. and uh, had a look through it, was immediately alarmed, uh, knew that it was, it was not kosher as it were. She knew it was a, a, a spiritually evil book, telephoned her family and they were immediately praying for me at that point. Wow. Meanwhile, I was... What an important role yes. she played. Uh, I, I wouldn't be sitting here if it mm. wasn't for her and her family. And I mean that sincerely because I was absolutely wrapped up in this thing. I, I was in the grip of this thing, completely believing that I was now following God in, in all truth. Whereas my Christian friends knelt down and prayed to the clouds and read a dusty old Bible as I imagined it. I, I thought in my pride, I found the truth. And I was trying to convince her to, to come along and, mm. and, and follow me into this. But as they were praying for me, I, while I was still at work, I, I took a pencil and a piece of paper and shut myself in the, uh, in the men's bathroom there. And I, I wrote, sat there in the cubicle, in the name of Jesus Christ, tell me who you are. And there was nothing for a moment. And then slowly I sunk down into that trance state once again. And when I came to, the message that I saw in front of me said, you should have trusted me. Mm. That was all that came out. You should have trusted me. And I thought, well, it didn't say it was God, but neither did it say it wasn't God. I must be right and my friend is wrong. But later that night, a few hours later, while I was at home in my room preparing for night number four of this automatic writing, 
uh, as I took hold of the pen and entered into the trance state, things felt very different. It felt like there was a, a darkness that was descending upon me, a darkness that was filling the room. And, and I began for the first time, now this is four nights of doing this, yeah. this was the first time I felt uncomfortable and even afraid of the one that I was communicating with. And as I sunk down into that trance state, I, I felt uh, the pen in my hand pushing furiously as these words were pouring out in condemnation against me. You should have listened to me. Why didn't you listen to me? This is the fourth day we've been speaking. You sh this is the problem with you, that you never listen, you never pay attention. This is why your life makes no sense. And all of this uh, diatribe against me, this attack against me, and I couldn't let go of the pen. I was trying to break out of this trance-like state, fighting it, and I couldn't break out. And then suddenly, uh, with giant capital letters scratching into the page, the words appeared, yes, you fool, I am the devil. Mm. And when that happened, I can tell you the fear that rushed in on me, the, 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 the suffocating terror uh, have you ever had a, had a balloon that, that you, you, you inflate but you don't tie at the end and when you squeeze it the air rushes out? I, I tell you in that moment I felt all the strength in my entire body head to toe just rush out of me. In a second it was gone and I sunk into the bed, my hand underlining that word devil. Yes you fool, I am the word devil. And I thought, I'm lost. Mm. I've been fooled, I've been tricked, I've been deceived. i tell you what comes to me, Peter, is what a battle there is just for one soul. One soul. That the devil is out there, and if he can get even one, yeah. you know, that's, that's his objective. There, there is a, there is a war for, for every human soul, and yeah. the, the devil wants to maintain grip and firm hold on everyone. Mm. But praise God, the Bible yeah. says Jesus came into the world to save sinners, yeah. to seek and save yeah. those who were lost. And there was no one in that moment, I don't think, more lost than me. I thought in that instant I'm, I'm finished, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a goner, the devil is real, uh, not some cartoon imp. Except that it sound, sounds like when you were there at work in the loo, you, something broke. Yeah. By it, mentioning the name of Jesus and then you should have trusted me as though, um, uh, as though the devil had conceded. Yeah. It actually lost the battle. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it no, at, that at that point. Time. At that time, uh, I thought I was beaten. I didn't realize that he was beaten, yeah. and, and what the beat, the, his, his beatdown was made secure by the prayers of those, those dear Christian people who were praying for me even at that very moment. Mm. And so, sat there in my room, uh, in the grip of this, what I now understood was demonic possession, I thought, I'm finished. But you know, there was an image that flashed in my mind, like a camera flash. It was there and it was gone, and it was a crown of thorns. Wow. And I knew in that moment that my friend at work was absolutely right, that it was the name of Jesus Christ that had broken this thing open, that had exposed the lie. So while I was in the grip of this demonic attack, I also came to realize quite suddenly and clearly and distinctly that God is real, the God of the Bible, that everything my Christian friend had said is true. The Christmas story, the Easter story, it was all true that Jesus Christ was the Son of God who died on the cross, who rose from the dead. I didn't understand any of the theology of that, but I knew it was real and it was true, but I thought it's too late for me. But God 
The, the true God, the real God, the God of the Bible is so amazing. He sees ahead. He sees the end from the beginning. You know, what happened is that when I met this Christian family, they lived on the, the other side of town. And uh, uh, shortly after meeting them, but many months before this experience, they actually moved house. And the house that they moved to was just a few streets away from my own. And uh, it was literally five minutes from my front door to their front door. So even though I was in the grip of this, uh, this demonic attack, uh, I was able to, to get their help that, that evening. And they were able to, to, to get me and help me, and I took me to their so house. Of course, the process of moving wasn't four nights. I mean, it was literally, no, I mean, God was preparing yeah, the pieces. Yeah, it, putting in place everything I, I, that I would need. And I know, I, I can tell you absolutely, they moved into the house that they moved into specifically for that night. If they lived anywhere else, I think I would have been now, now, Peter, in the last few minutes, what, what was the backlash, as it were? You know, was the devil still on your case? Well, I mean, as I said, they took me into their living room mm. that night and, and they sat me down and they had already prayed and felt like the victory was already won. And so I sat in their house and as we just sat watching Christian television like Revelation TV, we just sat in silence watching Christian broadcasting. It was as if peace just descended upon me and washed over me and all the fear, all the terror, all the evil voices all just disappeared. And after about two hours of watching the Christian TV in silence, they switched off the television and we prayed together. And I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive my sins, to give me a brand new life, to come and be my Lord and be my Savior. And I committed myself to following Him. And the moment I said Amen, the moment I said yes to Him, I felt a transformation. I felt changed and clean on the inside. That hole that was on the inside of me that I'd been trying to fill for so many years, I knew in that moment it was filled. And, and as we continued in prayer that evening, just waves of the love of God and the acceptance of God and the peace of God washed over me. And I knew I was free. Now, I imagined as a Christian, I would never need to face the devil again. I thought that's over now. But oh, uh, what an education. In the, in the days that followed, uh, I did have an experience where... So the spiritual battle continues. Yeah, where, where the fear and the doubt tried to come and take a hold of me again. But uh, the victory was already won. I was saved by Jesus. When I had called on Him, He had saved me and proven that the Bible is true, that His name is higher than every other name. And even while that torment tried to get a hold of me, uh, now out of me, Jesus said, out from our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And those rivers of praise and prayer gushed forth out of me spontaneously without me being taught or having an education on how to do it. Uh, these rivers of water, spiritual life, just gushed out of me. And with prayer and with praise, I, I called on God and that terror, and every demon in hell fled from me, and I've now been free for 20 years. Praise the Lord. Well, I can tell you I believe in miracles because we've managed to fit <laughs> an amazing, not only four nights, but your life mm. and your purpose and God's plan for you within one edition of Face to Face. God bless you, uh, Peter. And, you know, all I would say is to any folk who, who are out there listening to this amazing testimony, you know, have faith and pray in the name of Jesus because it does break uh, demonic powers. Mm. So thank you so much, Peter Hockley. And we have a, a book which we can probably connect to, Four Nights with the Devil.